In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome back to Shit Show. Only 24 hours after the promised drop date. (laughs) That is one standard deviation. We still here. We back. Speaking of standard deviations, it literally goes from asking politely where, when it's going to be dropping to full-blown death threats. So people, please, please give us a wide berth. Yeah, I haven't had this much abuse since the last time my mum listened to the podcast. She was like, please stop shit thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome back. I'm Gus. You're joined by my co-host, Rig. Hello, hello. I'm very, very well. How are you, sir? Very good. Very good. And I'm so good because we just can't stop, won't stop with the sponsors. They, they're, we're barely holding them at bay. I know. We, we literally, it's that whole thing. We're trying to keep them away with sticks and our sticks are not sticks. They're shrubs. <laughs> so that's not a saying. It's Well, it was in my house. <laughs> well, with that in mind, roll the ad. The following has been deemed legally not misleading. Are you ready for the adventure of a lifetime? Live the dream on an island oasis, surrounded by goats, unfinished accommodation and inexpensive labour. Explore the brownish waters of a long-abandoned patch of a sea you can't pronounce. Satiate your senses with all-you-can-drink tap water, cheese sandwiches and berries which are kind of safe to eat. No gluten option available. Release your mind juices to the sounds of Fuck Diamonds, DJ Scrainers, and Grammy Award winner Nora Jones. Villas start from $16,000 uninclusive. Live the dream. Be the ball. Win the night at Gunt Festival 2019. And I think we can all agree that Gunt Festival is the shrub to the tree that is festivals. <laughs> Please call it Gunt Fest for short. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> and I can't. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Such a dumpster fire. I know. I know. Anyway. That's why I love it. Amazing. That's why it's on the show. It has a firm home on the show. It does. It We've li- laid the foundations. The bricks are in. The thing is that it wouldn't even be in the top 10 worst current festivals, not historical <laughs> festivals. Like, it's not even the top 10 ones that are being staged in oh, 2019. Yeah, I mean, like, if even historically, above park life, below stereo. <laughs> it's above literally any concert that featured Blink-182. Yeah. <laughs> or didn't feature famously. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway... You are listening to Shit Show, where we examine history's greatest dumpster fires, past and present. I'm going to throw over because Rig has all the segments this week. And before we do that, because last week, Rig went through an entire show like an avalanche of stupid missing every sting. (laughs) So we are going to play the Trainwreck Trophy anthem. Trainwreck Trophy is where we go through, or Rig goes through this week, and finds... All of the humour fruits that the internet has to offer in the current affairs segment. Roll the sting. Trainwreck 
Yes, I am the Edmund Hillary to the South Pole or North Pole. I cannot remember which one he did. <laughs> of shit things and not remembering stings that go places. That's fine. Thank you. That's, that's all good. What do you got for us? Mate, uh, this week is... It's a Hallmark week. Um, and I don't mean that in terms in, of the, in the card, card company. No. <laughs> Big week for cards. <laughs> <laughs> Great work for... <laughs> Big week for Lifetime movies. Uh, it's uh, no, no, no. We it, it it is a big week. It is a watershed week. Why do I keep using big, big terms like that? I don't know. I You've don't really know. built this up to fail. I sure have. And so let's start real strong. Here we go. So this one comes out of New York City, part of New York State. What? Anyway, preface every single thing (laughs) with its full geographical location. The United States of America, the Earth. Uh, So, anyway, what has happened over there is that there have been a bunch of aspiring actors and actresses, and they're going for a spot in. And I'm not even. I, I was kind of disgusted when I read this first time. They are going for a spot in the Magic Mike musical. Oh, God. That, Which <laughs> that is going to be a hen's party from start to finish. I think you already know where this is headed based off that one tidbit. All right. All right, all right, all right. So basically there are a couple of auditions happening at the same time in two different places. And one of the actresses, this is a quote from her about what has happened. There was a lot of disbelief, said actress Eunice Bay. Which sounds like a ridiculous made-up name that you see on the internet. How dare you? That's a suburb just out of Cronulla. It's it's, it's spelled B-A-E. Like the the meme term, I'm just like, you are either super Korean or this is an actual made-up name. Also, why is that your actress name? Also, if you're Korean, great job. So... She stopped and said, she sees a, a rep from the, the casting agency slip on the floor and she just, everyone's like laughing at this person until they smell what oh, has no. happened. And here's a quote. We no. all laughed thinking she was using the slang term of shit to mean a general mess. But then we all began to smell it. Rig. Fellow auditioner, Ali Faye Monka. Don't do it. She says... We warned. There is <laughs> we no spoke way, about this off air. There is no way that this person could have brought it in because it looked like, well, a fresh pile. My friend... Oh, I hate you so much. Straight out of the gate. You are kidding. Surprise. You who's in the news? Play the sting! Who can it be now? 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 So furious. Where you least expect it. It shouldn't be at the top. You are not a gentleman. But it is. Oh, fuck. It is, and it was. I, uh, and it will be. Was the New York State thing meant to throw me off the scent and make me thinking about uh, think about uh, geography or... Are you just a fucking idiot? You would be the world's worst dog because throwing you off a scent is criminally easy. <laughs> I've thro- I've thrown lunch meat into the corner and you have run away. I'm trying and to be on supportive. That, on that lunch meat. How dare you confuse ignorance that- <laughs> with support. And on that lunch meat you is New York fuck. State. <laughs> oh, God. And you took to it like a dog to lunch meat. Yeah. I'm just going to keep repeating that. Yeah, thank you. It's reinforcing the p- 
pure treason that you just went through in show terms. <laughs> it's abs- You'll be tried by a jury of your peers. And it- by peers, I mean... I am the jury and you are fuck off guilty. Well, I am obviously the executioner in this scenario. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we know how that plays. Anyway, have you done any research this week? Pass. Let's move on to One Star Reservoir. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have. I have. I have. Uh, okay, so here's where Trainwreck Trophy... I was wary this week as well. I know. My guard was you know, right up. I know. And we had a discussion no, before your guard we started. Was, your guard was way down because no, it, was, it was the first thing. It was up when you, when you walked into the room. Then we had a convo about it where you, to my face, promised me that you would not be doing any of that. And I took you at your word. So I thought, obviously, knowing you quite well, of course he's going to be doing all of that. Didn't expect it straight off the bat. You obviously don't know me because if you did, you would know that I am a known liar. <laughs> oh, that that I am very, very well versed in. <laughs> so let's start with Trainwreck Trophy. Fine. So. These are better be fucking gold. <laughs> Ryanair. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Ryanair. Airline to the stars. Said absolutely no one, including their PR department. (laughs) It is their newest marketing slogan. Um, Ryanair, obviously named after just some white dude named Ryan who decided to start it up. He is... Who built the planes from the ground up despite (laughs) having no engineering knowledge. (laughs) That is that airline. Yeah, there is a flight uh, on its way from Glasgow, City of the Stars. Big shout out to all our listeners in Glasgow. We're not laughing at you. We're pass. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they are flying to Tenerife. Ah, excellent. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something really Spanish. I thought I thought you were even going to say, "Oh, excelente!" Oh, oh, muy bueno. It is like, oh, excellent. <laughs> Thank you. You sound like my dad now. <laughs> anyway, uh, they fly to Tenerife and there is a woman on board who is about to go to the bathroom. And right. don't, don't worry. It's you can't don't do Don't worry. You can't do two. Can I? Oh, shouldn't. Ill-advised. Won't. So she's wearing socks and she's shuffling off to the bathroom and this drunken passenger says to her, you should probably put your shoes on. And she goes, why? And he says, apparently, because someone might step on your feet. Uh, It would would be legitimate concern if it wasn't a red-faced, drunken Scotsman. (laughs) That's That's a threat from a Scotsman and a PSA from literally every other culture. Because you know who is also a red-faced, drunken Scotsman? Her boyfriend. Oh, no. So, boyfriend turns around and goes, what the F are you saying to my woman? And the guy goes, I'm just looking, I'm just taking care of her feet. I'm just looking out. And he goes, how about you look out for fucking whoever you're traveling with, get into a full-blown brawl. Yeah, it's Ryanair. It's Ryanair. That's, That's the good seats. Yeah. They're killing people up the back. Yeah. Just full genocide. Yeah. The champagne is flowing like Aldi Chardonnay, which is what they do. Which is serve. what they do, sir. Uh, so they get into a full on brawl, right? And this is 
midair. Yeah. And one of the dudes, they end up on the ground together. And this is, and I'm not even... This is an action flick. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Denzel Washington will play one of the guys. <laughs> he, he's rolling that thing. Yeah. This is from the title of this article. One of them had his, quote, nose bitten off. Oh, what the fuck? What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's that's Turbo Tyson. That's not like... Who I, bites a nose off? There are people out there doing whatever. That, I, I don't know if, if our audience knows about this. There's something called the Glasgow kiss, which is a headbutt yeah, to the headbutt. face. That's not even its final form. The final form is biting some dude's nose off. Yeah, that's that's the end scene. That's that is, a, someone someone yelled, finish him. That is the Glasgow, after he bit the nose off. That is the Glasgow French kiss. <laughs> oh, that wow. is just ridiculous. So they reckon. What do you do after you bite a nose off? Do you, like does the nose get spat out? Or it's full uh, of protein. You, so you I just probably keep it, in. it. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck. But also out of spite because you're like you're not getting this back. Oh wow! No, you 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 no one in the world. It's a has high stakes bit, game of keep away. <laughs> has ever bitten a nose off and not immediately thought, oh no. Yeah, well, this imagine- escalated very quickly. And do you know what? You've got to keep going with that ridiculous macho adrenaline because oh, what happens, if you, what happens if you go the other way? You bite the nose off and you go, oh, fuck. I am I'm sorry. So sorry. I'm it's, so sorry. You know what? I have this a sewing me. kit in my toiletries bag. <laughs> we'll get this schnoz back on you. <laughs> this do you want is it? It? <laughs> How do you want it? I really don't want you to walk away from this thinking that this is the kind of person I am. <laughs> As his girlfriend calls out to him, come on, buddy, time to leave. <laughs> Muzzles him. Yeah. Grabs a great style. On you go. He's so, done it again. He does this every time we go to Tenerife. He's always <laughs> biting fucking noses off. He's Classic the Lu- holiday Brad. He's the Luis Suarez of <laughs> Ryanair. <laughs> oh, and who could forget Rat Boy? Oh, I love it. Uh, but yeah, that is the that is the first train wreck starting uh, off pretty on. strong. <laughs> I have a long scroll of questions. How I'm prepared long- <laughs> to answer none of them. Go how on. L- how long ago did this happen? This happened last week. So obviously, there's a follow up. The when when a man's nose gets bitten off in midair, the plane doesn't just continue. I guess it is right air, so maybe the plane does just do its thing and land as scheduled. Yeah, I mean this is. This is one. Apparently, it kicked off while they were midair. They still landed the plane, and then that's at the when, destination. Yeah, and then that's when it happened. That's when the actual nose biting happened. Oh, it, but, but after the they thing. landed. But yeah, but here's the thing, right? So, like several articles, some said nose bitten off, some said nose bitten. So obviously, I've gone with nose bitten off. I don't think you report nose bitten off unless it's it, detached it's pretty from detached. the face. Like it might have been semi. Anyway, we're, we're in semantics. So it happened on the ground or yeah, on, the, des- the, on the, descent. The last portion did, yes. Okay. Because because I was wondering, even for a shitbag joke of an airline <laughs> like Ryanair, how they can look at themselves in the mirror after a guy's nose being bitten off in cruising altitude and then going, <laughs> well, chuck a sick bag on it. We'll be in Tenerife in 40. <laughs> Should we stop serving the booze? God, no. This is how we make the money. You can't make money on two euro fares. Give him a half-price body to cauterize it. <laughs> oh, the sting. Uh, right, so... That's one. That's number one. 
number two. Still remaining on flights. It was a good week for flights. Sure. And train wrecks. I like this theme. So there is a plane full of people headed for Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, which if you ever get a chance, don't. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they are they are flying they are flying from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And about halfway through the flight, and by halfway, I mean about half an hour in. Okay. Because I screwed up my terms. Nope. But about, right. about half an hour in, the pilot calls to the radio tower back in Jeddah. And he says, may God be with us. Can we come back? What had happened on the flight rig? What do you think happened, Gus? Oh, no. Not. What do you think? Well, no, I want to hear you say it. What do you think happened? Rig. If someone took a shit on this flight so bad that the flight had to be turned around, which happened in Britain three years ago, and that mad pooper is still on the loose, I will turn this desk right around and we will have our shortest show on record. The call goes on. The air traffic controller, he can, and you can hear this because there's a video of this. This flight is requesting to come back. Why are they requesting to come back? Because a woman on the flight has left her baby at the terminal. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> it was way worse than what you thought. So many questions here. Right? Like, how many kids do you have? Is it one of those things where it's like, you know when you just have, like, seven bags of groceries and you forget one bag of groceries? Is it that? Like, you have eight kids yeah, and you just it, misplaced that's, one? That's the home alone mentality. Or... It's like you've, got, you've yeah. got so many that one makes up less than 10% of your kids. Exactly, right? And uh, thus only gets 10% of your love, exactly. as we all know. Well, even less, because favourites. Yeah, absolutely. Um, higher percentage. Um, but... What if it was just one kid? It's like you're just new to motherhood. It's like it's brand new and you're like, like when you move house and you just start driving to your other house and you're just like, <laughs> which I did the other week. And I'm just like, oh, wait, wait, wait. And I feel like this woman has been like, wow. She's gotten on the plane and she's like, he's really quiet for this. Oh my God, I've left him at the terminal. No, th that, that analogy of driving to your old house is incorrect. What it is, is driving to your old house, opening the front door, going in, making love to someone else's wife who now lives there, <laughs> making yourself a hot meal and then going, oh no! <laughs> That's what forgetting your baby at a terminal is. Yeah. It is overcoming literally every single instinct yeah. In life. It, it, and it's... <laughs> How <laughs> the fuck? Because when you have a child, you know... You know people you can't say, leave a baby pe somewhere. Pe people say this to you. They say, when you have a baby, your life changes. And you're just like, whatever, nut job. And they're just like, but no, actually, because you start like... You stop living for yourself. Yeah. And you start living for another life that you've created. This is host parasite shit. Yeah. It was real bad. So, what the fuck? So they turn back to Jeddah. Wow. And by the time they get back, that baby is a full-grown man and is Tom Hanks in the <laughs> terminal. 
<laughs> he's living behind the board, changing the destinations. Absolutely. He's having chats to all of the vendors selling nuts. In the worst Eastern European accent ever put on Hollywood stages. Exactly wow. right. All right. So they, so they get back. They get back and she gets her baby back. That 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 was that was just a lineup for my Tom Hanks joke. Oh wow! But yeah, she, she she gets her baby back. Baby, s- back, baby, <laughs> back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, ribs. That's a very very long half hour for her. Oh yeah, and the air tra- as soon as she figured that out, the, holy shit! I love one of the things. How didn't they turn the plane around in Home but Alone? I, but I lo- <laughs> but hold I lo- on. <laughs> We can't talk about Home Alone because it's <laughs> not what we're covering here. <laughs> I need to raise questions with so many different people as a result of this, and we're 12 minutes in. Yes, you, the only other person in the room. You have a question? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So she gets a kid back. Great. She gets a kid back. But I love the fact that when you listen to the video, um, which is hilarious, by the way, because I also speak Arabic. No, I don't. Anyway, the, they have great subtitles. But the the guys say there's there's a long pause when they're just like they're just like so it's like <clears throat> may God be with us uh, can we head back to the gate a woman has left her baby behind and then it it literally is like being on pause with Vodafone and they're just <laughs> like they're just like um um just uh, um just 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 give me one sec and then and then and then they they don't cover the mic and it's just like. Um, she, uh, there's a woman, she's, uh, she's left her, <laughs> left her baby at the terminal. Could you imagine being the pilot being like, just, we're turning the plane around. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and they're just discussing it. It's like, <laughs> I think they, uh, I think, I think, think, what, think they want to come back. And they're just like, okay. And then finally they come back and he's just like, <clears throat> yes, okay. Come back to the gate. <laughs> what? And then they're just What's like, the thought process? And, and then, and then the joker on that, oh, the joker of a traffic controller says, this is a totally new one for us. Classic Abdul. <laughs> he loves to joke. Yeah, especially because it, we all know that it's not. A- <laughs> Abdul has fielded this particular call at least three times oh, because yeah. weird shit happens in midair and sometimes parents are the bluest. I assume that when he was like talking, inverted commas, to his supervisor, he was also just filming it for YouTube because how else did <laughs> oh, they get this on onto YouTube? That's insane. But it, but also, so this kid, screaming kid, yep. is somewhere in the terminal. Yep. What is wrong with people? I wonder if there's it's- just an infant left there and people are like, oh wow, I hate to be that kid's parents who aren't there <laughs> and he's by himself. <laughs> I wonder if it's treated the same way as all the other airports with unattended luggage. Just Quick, like, blow do, it up. Yeah, do, do not. <laughs> the robots come out. It's like approaching the baby. Everybody is behind this line. Yeah, everyone get behind some dude dressed like in full breaking <laughs> Hurt bad. Hurt locker shit. Oh, so good. Anyway, that didn't happen. The baby is not exploded. The ba- the we ba- want to <laughs> make that very clear. The baby's fine. Uh, so that's train wreck number two. Nice. Train wreck number three. On a plane? No. Okay, fair. Just as good in Ireland. <laughs> see how I <laughs> see how I just seamlessly put that together. Yeah. So an Irish man, he uh, he goes into into a hospital, and he has severe sudden onset lower back pain after lifting a heavy steel object three days prior. Right. And he goes in there. And he says, look, me back's fucked. And they just go, okay. So they 
do all the tests and stuff. And then while they're there, they're just like, um, hey, what is with your big red swollen Popeye looking arm? <laughs> the doctors asked him that. And he says, oh, this? This is 18 months worth of semen that I've injected into my arm. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with the planet? <laughs> what? What is this ep? I think I can speak for both of us when I say none of us expected that. No. No. <laughs> that, there were a number of different doors that this narrative could have gone down, but this is a fucking trap door. It is bizarre. So, 18 months. Ha- yeah. Does semen last that long? Yeah, so... You freeze it? Well, when it's been injected subcutaneously... Oh, yuck. Then, yeah, it can survive. But it can also... Oh, so he's done it progressively over 18 months. Yeah. It's not save it's it not for... Eight, it's not an 18-month bucket in the corner of his room. <laughs> Put it in With a, a giant syrup. hypodermic needle. An IV machine. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it straight into his veins. It's one. Of, it's a syringe the size of a missile <laughs> that he just runs his arm at, like a man trying to anti javelin himself. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's got it. He's been like, cool. That's just the 18 months worth of semen oh, I've injected wow. into my arm. And they're just like... Oh, wow. That, they have more questions than I have about this. They literally are just like W-U-T. <laughs> what, like, are you doing? And so he literally bought a hypodermic needle online. Yep. And was just like, my back is fucked. Time to inject my arm full of semen. <laughs> I would love to. St- I would love to tell you... That there was more scientific reasoning behind this. This medical journal, where this ended up, because it should, yeah, said that apparently there have been things with like rats and mice and stuff like that sure. where they've done sub- subcutaneous uh, injections of of semen, and it's I don't even know if that had any effect. I think scientists are just fucking weird. Um, but that has happened. This dude has got this hectic abscess as a result of injecting all this semen into his arm. And the worst part of this whole thing, right, is that he goes in there, doctors obviously notice it and they go, what the hell? And he goes, yep, year and a half of semen. Become arm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) year and a half of cum. What's the look for, you fucking weirdos? (laughs) I thought this was a hospital. Yeah. Don't you know anything (laughs) about medicine? Yeah, exactly right. This is my jizz wrist. (laughs) And then he goes... Then after all this, and they sort out his back pain, and they're just like pointing at his Popeye arm going, that's fucked. He goes, yeah, well, freedom of speech. And just walks out, (laughs) doesn't even get it treated. Doesn't get it treated, Gus. Just walks out and goes, yep, anyway, this is me excelling at life. (laughs) Putting cum in my arm. Coming to you absolute idiots. For medical <laughs> advice, literally didn't even get it sorted out at that moment. There are there are some moments in in life, and there are some people that react to them this way. The moments are when a highly trained expert in a field gives you a look that says that's not normal, and then the people are those people that say, "Fuck you, my body, my rules." Yeah, which does not play here. No, it does not. And I just. 
there's no scientific reasoning. It's like it wasn't it wasn't even in science fiction. No. Like what like how did you get to that point? Scientologists where you're just are like, laughing at this bloke. He's there, cocked up back, on on the couch. Watching TV. It's not like even sort of ba- a bad infomercial being like, you suffer from chronic back pain. Try injecting your own cum into your arm. It's like, it's a completely out there idea that he got from literally nowhere. And do you know what? The moral of this is, wow, the power of the human imagination Slash knows no bounds. Absolutely. But we'd also like to make sure that one of our proud and loyal sponsors of this show, Electric Jizz, know that we are big supporters. Electric Jizz. Electric Jizz. Jack yourself up on Jizz. <laughs> it's just what? not in your just arm. Just not in your arm. Uh, wow. So, okay. Yes. So that is <sighs> that is the third and final train wreck. So Journey. I feel I feel like I was born. Listening to this segment because it started off with so so horribly a rogue for you. poos in the news, um, <laughs> a maverick poo. Right? Oh wow! So we started off with man gets nose bitten off on Ryanair. Strong. We also have the woman who left her baby in the terminal. Turns out to be Tom Hanks. Yep. And finally, got back pain. Get some cum in your arm. Oh. Number three. What are we giving it to? Well, I mean, the worst, the the, big, the biggest dumpster fire in that list is the woman who left her baby. But that's not what this is. This is this is to the the worst person in the list, <laughs> which oh wow. Okay, I am going to. Eliminate the third one because he hasn't hurt anybody else. Okay, just, just himself. Just himself. Fucking idiot. Uh, and then it's down to two airline disasters. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna uh, for the pure mechanics of it. It's the guy who bit off another bloke's nose yeah. while on a plane after a blow up about socks. How good the Glasgow French kiss. <laughs> Play the song. You suck! Short song, more like a sound. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. May we never remember that (laughs) ever. Alrighty, which brings us to our next segment, which is, as always, incredibly popular, timeless. It's everyone loves it. Uh, It's why don't you marry it? Tried. Divorce is hard when your wife's dad is a lawyer. (laughs) Hello, Crackle. Anyway, so uh, we are moving on to One Star Reservoir. It is where Rig has gone and he has found the best one-star reviews the internet has to offer there from any place that you can can review, which is all things. Yep, it's all-encompassing. But we always need to do at the start of this because now <laughs> no, you're a piece of shit. I was shit. about to No, no, no. Now it. you're a piece of shit. Play the song. Play it right now. Play it. 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 You. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. One star. Reservoir. Wow. I just got a glimpse into what learning to drive with you must have been like. <laughs> yeah. Lying. Grab the wheel. Like. <laughs> I have Jesus for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> take the wheel. <laughs> hey, 
Not so easy lining up stings now, is it, pretty boy? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. What do you got? Alrighty. So the first one. It's going to be a, a quite a different smattering from a, a lot of different arenas. Here we go. First one. I was a hostess at a fairly popular restaurant close to a movie theatre. This can attract some large families on busy nights, so we strongly suggest reservations in our advertising. It's a Friday evening and we're already on a wait. This family of seven saunters in and the father asks us for a table. I tell him that we do have about a 40-minute wait but if they'd like to wait on the patio and order an appetizer, there is space for them. He frowns, whispers to his wife, and then turns back to me. Nah, we're going somewhere else. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I love the fact that that is like a a father of seven has a completely normal conversation with his wife and goes, nah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, it's just so, <laughs> so antithetical to what a dad of seven should be. Yeah. I'm thinking Seventh Heaven, like the dude from Seventh Heaven. Yeah, a pastor. Who actually, I think he actually did weird things with kids now that I think about it. So let's No, no, not... you're thinking of uh, the one from, uh, it was a Full House or... I'm pretty sure it was Seventh Heaven. They're all real weird now. They're all real weird. They're hey, Dad. Very strange. All... Yeah, hey, oh, Dad. Yuck. Yeah, that, that got strange. But yeah, so... I just found that so antithetical as as a as a dad of seven to nah, go fuck yourself like to a young girl waitress. <laughs> he's he's got some other shit going on. He absolutely does. Um, so that's a review written by a server about a customer. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, that's the side I want to read from. Absolutely. So Hos- hospo staff are some grizzled, gnarled old oh, wizards. Yeah. <laughs> They, you start hospo looking 18 and by the end of the shift, you are 90. When I worked in hospo, uh, worked in King's Cross for our international listeners, it was... I uh, remember it, the piano it, 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 it was a place that is now dead. Uh, it, it died a horrible, horrible death. Yeah. But it was a, uh, a place full of feverish nighttime activity. And that's another way of saying uh, lots of people doing snuff. Yeah, abso- absolutely. And... We literally referred to the time that we spent there as if it were dog years. So <laughs> I spent I spent two years there. It was nine years off my life. Oh, totally. I've always looked 30. <laughs> I grew into this face. Yeah. See, I've never worked in hospo, so I've got no excuse. I, exactly. I've looked 35 since I was 13. <laughs> buying, <laughs> buying booze in year seven was the... Absolute shit! Oh, mate, I I never got asked for a uh, for an ID after working in King's Cross, <laughs> which is probably why the lines on my forehead look like a fucking prehistoric riverbed. <laughs> oh, all right, the so, ox is slow, but the earth is patient. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here's the second one. This is actually a review of a place in Sydney. Yeah, go. Music is way too loud and oh, the wings lack flavour. Hold on, what? And the wings lack flavour. Oh, okay. Staff seem to be focused on talking to themselves instead of serving. Very rude and also racist. <laughs> Going big from the jump. They have a few different beers, but would be good if they served them cold. Oh. And I also got told I had enough beer when I only had seven drinks. <laughs> 
<laughs> He'd never met an Aussie bouncer. Gus, what do you like on seven beers? Not good. Neither am I. Can't taste wings, that's I, for sure. I famously work for a beer company, and after seven, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty handsy. <laughs> Uh, this, this this is my favourite part of the review, this next sentence. I work at Woolworths and I know what RSA is. What? What? The... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on. What does that mean? Woolworths, for people who don't know, is a large supermarket. So this guy is fuck-eyed either in a supermarket deli, <laughs> which would not be the first time... Aussies love an olive. Yeah. However, it's either that or shopping for more piss at the bottle shop connected to the supermarket. I love this, right? Because it's just like this. That's dude, the only place you can get cut off. This you th- can't get cut off from veggies. Yeah. This, th- and this general th- shopping into, th- unless you take a shit in an eye. I just love the idea that this dude is a sh- fucking shelf stacker <laughs> and has gone. I know what RSA is. That's like me working for a beer company saying to a fucking neurosurgeon, hey, I know what brain <laughs> surgery is. <laughs> I have no idea. <sighs> so here's this. I was sober. Don't bother. Simply not worth it. And what's with having to use stairs to get in and out of the venue? What? What? How do you access a place that is above ground? Yeah. Wow. Overall, I, I, I just tweaked back to the fact that this is not happening inside of Woolworths. <laughs> <laughs> when we did that aside, in my head, we're the guy who was the we travelled through time and space, <laughs> and we were now in Woolies Marrickville. The guy who was talking was the shelf stacker from Woolies who was reviewing some belted punter that came into the supermarket who was too drunk. And I'm like, how is this shopper going to get cut off? I missed a trick. You sure did. Overall, it was a really disappointing experience. We'll not go here again in a hurry. Well, we don't name names, but we might in the future. All right. If we see more of those. Absolutely. So here's the final one. This is a one-star review of a movie theatre. I don't think we've tread this ground before. No, but it's amazing that we haven't because they are cesspools of crappiness. Oh, yeah. I went to see Mad Max the other night and I think I caught gonorrhea sitting on the absolutely nasty chairs. (laughs) The cup holder on my left had old tissues in it and the cup holder to my right had old nachos. I'm sure more I'm sure most porn theaters from the 70s have nicer decor. <laughs> so when the movie started, guess what? The three dim-witted teenagers that seemed to be running the entire place neglected to dim slash lower the lights. So we were watching the movie in full light. <laughs> which fucked the whole experience. It took these morons five whole minutes. To turn them off after people had to get out of their seats to complain. <laughs> after the movie, my wife had to use the bathroom. I wish I could have captured her expression on the way out of said bathroom. It was a look of revo- revulsion, bafflement, and general contempt. <laughs> she said six words. There was shit on the walls. Oh, no. She didn't mean that figuratively. <laughs> Never again. Oh. 
That's uh, again. That almost ventured into surprise <laughs> it was, again. I thought it was going to be a yeah. The, the second head of that beast <laughs> was going to rear <laughs> of the poos in the news carbuncle. <laughs> <laughs> the this has been a real one star reservoir of punter teenagers in their jobs just making a real fist of it. Oh yeah, phoning that one in on your last shift. You know what? <laughs> Let's keep the lights on. That'll be funny. And then old mate uh, Martin's like, I shout on the walls. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we <laughs> These kids obviously cared too much. <laughs> we didn't want that. All right, which means, I mean, that's that's one star reservoir, right? So that's it for this weekend. <laughs> weekend? Week. Oh. It's all coming down. It is. So. At a rate of knots. Shit show story time. The Plat du Jour is your domain this week, Gus, my friend. You have gone through the ether of the internet and you have found a historical dumpster fire. What have you got for us this week, mine Freund? Well, mate, I am going back. Like 1600s back? No, no, back for me. Oh, so 2008. (laughs) Split the difference. 1890 is the year that we're in. Whoa! I'm venturing back. Watch it. Did you have to crack open a physical book? I had to dust off the dust, <laughs> so to speak, from uh, one of my Encyclopedia Britannicas. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I went Old discarded <laughs> Encarta 97 CD-ROM. <laughs> one off the game show. Amazing. Anyway, <laughs> we're in 1890 in... Bohemia, in what is now known as the Czech Republic. Yep, I know it well. Count Victor Lustig was born. He was originally known as Robert Miller. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. If your name was Robert Miller... Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. So, the guy's name is Victor Lustig. Yes. That's Count to you. Born Robert Miller. Sure. Are you saying sure because you know that? Or are you saying sure because you just want me to shut up so you can keep going? I want both things. Great. I don't know anything outside of the research I've done for this. So So, it's just one of those things where I look at things and it's just like, I went to school, like a lot of my mates are Chinese and their background is just like, their their real name is like Man Ho Chu, which is like an actual dude I went to school with. Yep. His real name, but then his name is like Simon. Yeah, right? exactly. And I'm just like, how did name. you possibly get that from that? Yeah, well, okay. So it'll all become clear as the story goes on, but his birth name was supposedly Robert Miller. Okay. But no one can say that for sure. Okay, you've piqued my interest. Go on. All right. He was one of several children born into an upper middle class family. Love that upper middle fist bump. Yeah, boy. His father was the mayor of the small town of Hostin, Czechoslovakia. And under his care, Lustig proved to be a bright child with a penchant for trouble. (laughs) Rascal. (laughs) Is it a penchant? I feel like you you, you split the difference. And you went like, penchant. Yeah. (laughs) Penchant sounds way too poncy. Penchante. Anyway, so he's a rascal. (laughs) By the the time he was 19, Lustig was taking time away from his studies at the University of Paris to gamble. Yep. 
He Man's dab- favourite pastime. He dabbled in poker, bridge, and billiards. So, around this time, so he was a he was a charismatic young man. Okay, he was a silver tongue. Yep, he was great with the ladies. Sure, he managed to earn himself a two and a half inch penis. Scar. <laughs> a two and a half inch deduction off his cock. Um, a two and a half inch scar on his cheek oh. because the boyfriend of one of the girls that he was talking to didn't take kindly to him chatting and it was a different time. So stabbed him in through the, f- the cheek. Oh. So he, With what, like a letter opener? How do you get stabbed in the face and are just like, okay. I don't know, like... I'm fine. Do you get glassed? Like, anyway, he is got... This, is this where Nelly got his look from with the <laughs> Band-Aid on the cheek? <laughs> yeah, he got it Got it from Robert Miller or Victor, Victor Lustig. Lustig. Yeah. Anyway, so he had that scar for his whole life. Yeah. Fa- fairly easily identifiable feature uh, for a young man. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be relevant soon. Okay. He was a quick wit. And he was also uh, very intelligent, so ended up being fluent in Czech, German, English, French, and Italian. And that was shithouse back then. That sucked. <laughs> that was like lowest 10%. He wasn't even the favourite child of his parents. <laughs> I'm like, only five languages? <laughs> You're a failure. People said to him when he walked down the street, I remember learning my first language. I remember learning my fifth language. <laughs> um, anyway, so he left school. And As most tend to do. Yeah, well... They don't go this way, which is he realised that with his quick wit, multiple fluencies in different languages and uh, ability to charm, he was... Stand-up comedy. (laughs) In a time before comedy. Okay. Life was real fucking serious (laughs) in the 20s. (laughs) You laugh, you're dead. (laughs) Anyway... That is the slogan for the 20th century. <laughs> you laugh, you're dead. Anyway, he became a confidence man. Beautiful. He began committing dozens of petty crimes across countless uh, cities in Europe under different aliases. His favourite, however, uh... was that of Count Victor Lustig. Yep. Under this name, he travelled ta- transatlantic cruise ships uh, gambling and bilking wealthy passengers out of their well-earned money. What do you say, bilking? Bilking. Is that it's a word? Okay. Is that just is that is that a synonym for grifting? Is it? Believe so. It was in Encyclopedia <laughs> Britannica. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take questions at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he realised that the uh, the best way to get people to part with their money obviously was to uh, convince them that he had something of great value that uh, was very rare to come across and valuable for them. I'm getting flashbacks to Gregor McGregor. Oh, well, his uh, apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Might be a descendant. Because he made a little thing that we're going to dub the money box. Which was... It was a mahogany chest that was about... The size of a, uh, like, small dog. <laughs> That's, you're literally putting your arms up. I'm like, what are you doing? It was the size of a game of Operation, another thing that's in the uh, dungeon. <laughs> yeah, why is that here? Don't know. Anyway, so what, he would, what this thing would do is that it had lots of levers, uh, etc., and he would tell people 
that this box would print money. And that Oh my god. And that <laughs> the reason that I'm doing this story is not so much because Victor is a shit show, but because every single person alive that he came into contact with should have known heaps better. Yeah. This was an age before Google, and this would have come down fucking quick oh, if yeah. he was in the internet age. Anyway. Zero on Trustpilot. He <laughs> is minus. So he told people that his money box would print a $100 note once every six hours forever. What? Yep. Simpler time, dumber time. (laughs) (laughs) So what he would do is that he would play the long game with these guys over like 10 days of a cruise. So he said that he, uh, what he would do is put two or three authentic bills in there um, and then have just fuckloads of paper um, in there underneath it. So people would come and he'd invite the like, uh, he'd be masquerading as a really wealthy guy. And so he'd invite other wealthy people uh, to his hotel room to see his, uh, the way that he made his fortune. And so they would sit there for six fucking hours until this thing shat out a $100 (laughs) bill. And he'd be like, it does that forever. And, and, so and, is, and then, and then it, he'd play it cool and they'd go back to gamble. When you say it comes out like it's being fed out, oh, because of the le- the levers and the pulleys. The levers right? and the pulleys are basically just a very early conveyor belt system. And right. so, so they would, uh, so he, he would so, operate it. So it's like the pokey that's rejecting your money. Exactly. It just sliding out. It just slides out. out. Yeah. Um, so across the cruise, these wealthy people would become increasingly interested in this box. <laughs> And so by the Jesus. end of it, he had a bidding war in his hands. Uh, he would usually end up parting with the device for between $10,000 and $30,000. My God. That's like 30 gajillion dollars now. Oh, my God. It's so much money. So they're, ba- they're paying... so dumb. They're paying him like $100,000 in today's money plus... You are up to sort of 300, 400 grand for this box. I t- oh. um, and and what, what he would do is that he'd load it with several hundred dollar bills. Yeah. And then that would give him, obviously, three days to, get, to away. get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Um, and he'd, and they'd, they'd, he'd give it to them like 24 hours before the cruise finished. Is it? And, it- and, and, and then and be like, Look, it will it will work, and uh, and so after twenty four hours, they're like, "My God, this is amazing! This thing is printed," uh, because he said it was a counterfeiter. Yeah, that, that it it uh, was a chemical reaction. He had paper in there, and so yeah. when they looked inside, oh right, they would and they see saw blank paper. paper. Yeah, they would go, "Oh my God!" And because he had like chemical bottles and all of this this yeah. shit in there. Anyway, I was about to say, like, if they looked in the fucking box, what would they see? Uh, they would they would see paper. And uh, tiny and, little and, mice and doing calligraphy. <laughs> so he would uh, he would al- also roll with his offsider for this. Who was a sidekick named Mangy Carl, <laughs> Dapper Dan Collins. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. Who was described Dapper Dan? Who was described by the New York Times what? as a former circus lion tamer? No. And death-defying bicycle rider. 
How do you back, defy back, death on a pushy? Back then, was it just riding a bicycle? I think that was He's it. He's riding that death contraption. <laughs> Look at him on the Satan wheels. The, the worst thing about it is that like, he was probably riding a fixie. And before that, they were riding penny farthings, which were way more dangerous. <laughs> anyway, so him and Dapper Dan would take these cruises. Stop saying his name. <laughs> Get paid cash. Yes, don't stop. <laughs> Get the fuck out of there. Uh, that ruse uh, came to an end when he had exhausted all of the cruise ship uh, companies and yeah. was wanted. So then he went to Missouri. 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 Penchant. <laughs> it's 1922. Uh, he decided that he would run a different con. This time it was involving bearer bonds. So he had uh, post-war bonds called legacy bonds right. um, that the US government had, had released. And he would go and he there was this farm. And so he went to the bank. Uh, he <laughs> gave... Uh, you just said just random. So I was like, there was a farm. Anyway, he's at the bank. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? Okay, so the bank owned the farm. Right. He goes to the bank. Right. He say he says to them, uh, he's got this sob story about uh, how he was a noble in Austria and then uh, his cu- country was overthrown in the world uh, First World War um, and he'd come over to America to rebuild his life Yeah. with what was left of his family fortune. And wanted to start up a life of agriculture. This is the reason why there's so many forms for loans now. Totally. Because it was just so easy back then. It's the count. Just trying to g- the I'm count just try- is the reason. I'm just trying to get back on my feet. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. <laughs> anyway, so he offers the bank $22,000 in bonds right. to buy the farm. The bank accepts it. Then Lustig also convinces them to exchange an additional... $10,000 of bonds for cash right. so that he's got money to buy equipment and supplies, etc. Sure. Goes to the bank, simpler time, down the time, <laughs> gives them the uh, the envelope with the bonds in it. Sleight of hand, has another envelope that has nothing in it, does the old switcheroo, walks out with ten grand in cash and his $32,000 in bonds. Oh, wow. The bank, about two hours later, is like, the fuck? <laughs> not in Missouri. <laughs> the fuck? Not, not into it. Um, and so he's then like, that is, a, I wish that would be in a press release every time a bank got screwed. Commonwealth Bank, not re, into re, it. Re Royal Commission, not into it. <laughs> a note from the CEO of Westpac, not, not into, into it. it. Anyway, so he doesn't even bother to hide his escape. He's just that brazen by this point. Yeah. And so when the bank hires a private detective and he gets caught, he's cooperative because he hasn't even left Missouri. Oh. He's just living it up there. And the private detective... And let me tell you, I've been in Missouri and there's not a whole lot there. Nope. So he would stick out like a spare dick on the dance floor. I'm also getting the image of a, like a dandy with like a really oh, high yeah. top hat. And like striped trousers and vest and stuff like he that. He lived it up. He would have been three piece all day, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the private detective finds him. Um, they they put him on a train to take him back to the bank. And effectively, he can Lustig convinces them that if they did press charges, there would be a run on the bank by its depositors and the bank would go belly up. He then manages to convince the bank 
to give him $1,000 for his silence, which they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. PR was important even back then. Really, really important. Uh, then he's, uh, he's in Montreal on business, in inverted <laughs> commas. <laughs> it's always business with this cat. He meets a Vermont banker named Linus Merton. Famously Linus. Linus. <laughs> Penchant. <laughs> Linus. <laughs> so he arranges with a local pickpocket to grab this guy's wallet with, with the aim of then building trust by giving the wallet back to the bloke and being like, oh, I found your wallet, etc. Yeah, Strike yeah. up the conversation. Uh, start of the con. Yeah. Um, then... Uh, he has this story about how he's got to leave town quickly, uh, but let, wants to let the guy in on uh, a, a secret. And here's the thing. His, <laughs> his cousin, this is true, right. was able to get the, wire, uh, the news of horse racing results three minutes before the race jumped. Oh, so he was basically saying to this banker, "Hey, I've got an in with yeah. uh, uh, with the bookies. Yeah. I know these are these races are sure things. Yeah, feeds the guy a couple of of real results. Yeah, the guy bets on them, wins, and then he's like, I got to get out of town. Uh, my wife's sick. Uh, we're we're leaving tonight. So the guy places one last bet with him. It's for thirty grand. Uh, Linus has given him the incorrect." Oh. Uh, Results. I mean, sorry, he gives Linus the uh, the incorrect result. Yeah, but it never goes. So Bookie, he's just pocketing the thirty yeah, grand. Yeah, yeah. But here's my question with this: When I read it, I went, "You've, you've seen Back to the Future too, of course." Of course, it's the best of the Back to Fu- Back to the Future movies. It sure is. Do you remember the part with the sports almanac? Yeah. Fucking Count Victor Lustig had. A sports almanac. What? Because he could learn the result of any horse race three minutes before it jumped and bet on it. Why the fuck was he running cons? Yeah, I know. Just bet on horses forever and become Biff Tannen. Exactly right. It's The mind boggles. I'm like, you don't need to do anything else. You've already hopped into the DeLorean. (laughs) You're there. You've already gone back in time and you haven't had to hop in the DeLorean. (laughs) It's insanity. That is insanity. Firstly, that... Why would you not put that 30 grand you just made onto the next race? Yeah. And you could even give the guy back the 30 grand. 30 grand. You, you, all you need to do is start off with a buck. Like this whole yeah. thing, what the, the house fuck? of cards here comes apart at that point because that's verified. He's, like it, used, well, it, it was a scenario where you could you had this big gap yeah. between the horse, the, the race, uh, Result, yeah, and then it going to air, and the bookies weren't at the track; right. they were taking it based on the radio. So, my big thing is right. So, obviously, I can tell that this is not going to end with him being like, "Totally, I've got the almanac, and I'm just going to bet like a legitimate person, even though it's illegitimate." Yeah, but this comes back to that well-worn phrase for the love of the game. Oh, you yeah. can just tell he, he he doesn't care about the money. Nah, he's he a just wants to fleece people. Totally, he loves the rush that he gets. Yeah. That's he seems like one of the earliest people who probably choked themselves while masturbating. <laughs> he was—he just reeks of that vintage fixie wanker. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, he pockets that thirty grand, overlooks the fact that he had literally free money from his cousin Peter Casey, 
good friend of the show. Hashtag free money. So then he moves to Paris. While in Paris, he's reading the papers. And I don't know if you know much about the 1887 World Fair that was held in Paris or what a very particular part, a very famous part of Paris had to do with that. I know plenty about the 1886 World Fair. There was, they called it the City of Light. Do you know what was built for the entrance to that? Uh, I can't remember. I just remember seeing a poster of it and it was very, very, very shiny. Yep. The Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Tower. So, years later, uh, 20 plus years have passed and the papers are reporting that the French government are thinking, uh, what are we going to do with the Eiffel Tower? We, It's probably something that we need to need to deal with doesn't fit in with the city and he reads a quote that says that the french government were exploring the idea it might even be cheaper to rip it down than to repair it he has a eureka moment and decides you know what's baller selling the eiffel tower oh wow so he contacts the five biggest <laughs> metal uh a shipping yard, guys, yeah, in, yeah, in, in yeah. Paris, the, uh, and then invites them to a meeting at a hotel in Paris, right? Where he has acquired fake uh, ministry um, stationery. <laughs> he has He's stolen from the hotel. Yep, he, he has uh, had made a series of different identification cards, which are all fake and papers. Um, And then he has sent, uh, sent all of these letters out to these guys on the letterhead uh, where he is in the official position of the deputy director general of the Ministère de Post de Telegraph. You nailed that one, mate. So planted both feet. There we are. So basically he says that, uh, tells them that it's a very hush, hush, uh, scenario. Uh-huh. This is not official um, in his official uh, capacity, <laughs> but he sends it from his fucking office stationery. <laughs> yeah, as you do. Um, so then he makes a surprise announcement: the government is uh, indeed scrapping the Eiffel Tower, and would they be willing to make a bid on the scrap metal? So over seven thousand kilos yeah. of, uh, of scrap metal. As a result, uh, the Scenario here then becomes that he realizes that one of these guys is a social climber and becomes the mark. And that that man's name is Andre Poisson. Oh, that means fish. fish. <laughs> oh, even I know that. It's amazing. So Andre Fish is oh, sitting there at the table. Andrew Fish. <laughs> Classic mark. <laughs> and <laughs> anyway. You mark ass <laughs> trick. <laughs> so Oh, the fish man. So he then uh, has the scenario where everybody goes away, they come back, they submit their bids, then he's zeroed in on this bloke who has uh, a <laughs> bid 250,000 francs. Oof. Over a million bucks. Wow. Uh, and so Victor invites him back into the hotel, tells him that his bid has been successful, but Poisson starts to smell a rat. So Victor pulls as out, fish can as fish can do, do with their sense of smell. Yeah, it's acute. Uh, <laughs> he basically says to this uh, to this bloke, and how he pulls out of the fire is to go. Well, as a government official, obviously, this is I'm not paid particularly well for what I do. So 
I'll need a little something for myself. So in classic French fashion, this convinces the bloke because he's like, oh, well, I mean, all French bureaucrats are are incredibly corrupt. Yeah. (laughs) So he's like, cool. So pays both the 250,000 francs and the 10,000 franc bribe. Oh, wow. This is... He just doesn't know when to stop. Full Victor. Anyway, Victor takes the money, fucks off, goes to America and sits there patiently every day waiting for this news to break in the papers. It doesn't because Mr. Fish is so devastatedly embarrassed by the whole thing. He doesn't go to the press. Wow. He doesn't go to the press. How is he supposed to choke himself and jack off now? This is what he would get off on. (laughs) He doesn't. Like, because he's there in the bathroom, belt around his neck and the doorknob, and he's he's got his dick in his hand, and he's just waiting for the... That's it. He's waiting for the bloody paper to come underneath the door. Yeah, correct. So, he then, irate, goes back to Paris and is like, fuck it, let's do it again. Second time, someone twigs to it. Authorities catch on to him, and so he's off. Blood running through his throbbing dick. (laughs) Leather belt around <laughs> his neck. <laughs> so, so basically, that then means that he is done with Europe. Yeah. Like in what I can only assume was the first uh, case of all European countries agreeing on something. Uh, they went, none of this. Sent you, his big fucking mug around. If you're about to tell me he goes and starts a fucking trail across America, so. He goes to Chicago. Oh, no. Do you know what is happening in Chicago at this time? World's Fair. Nope. Uh, Gangster Rebellion. Prohibition. Sure sure is. Yep. So he decides, you know what? Eventually, I've got to get involved with the mob. Classic. So he goes to Al Capone. Yep, the big dog. To grift him. What? (laughs) What? He sells Al Capone... The story of a lifetime. No. And persuades him to invest 50,000 American dollars in an investment scheme. Holy shit. After two months, he returns the money to Capone, tells him that the deal fell through, and Capone goes fucking spare. Yeah. And just as he's raging, because he hasn't given the money back yet, he just tells him, deal fell through, and Capone's like, ready to shoot him. Then he gives the money back. Capone's never had this happen. Right. So in shock, gives the bloke five grand for his honesty. What? Which was Victor's plan the whole time. No, it wasn't. Yes, he says no, that it was. No, it wasn't. He that says that it was. shit. <laughs> anyway, remember his, his running with Al Capone. From there, Victor uh, says, because he's in with the mob now, yeah. Capone trusts him. So he introduces him to... Uh, a man called William Watts. Billy Watts. And they get into the counterfeiting game. He's in Chicago. Full circle. Yeah, absolutely. Back to where it all started. So Let fo- me tell you about the money box. <laughs> he forms an alliance with a chemist from Nebraska named Tom Shaw and a genius engraver named William Watts. And they start making currency plates. Of course. They manage to distribute... In $100 bills, because YOLO. Yeah. And also the most checked bill. Yeah. They put $100,000 of fake money into circulation a month, which is fucking enormous at that point. What? 
they single-handedly fuck with the US economy so, through all of their fake cash. So, wait, you said 100 grand a month. A month. In oh. fake bills. Oh. $100,000. Oh, I thought it was like $100,000 in a month. I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive. But I, you're saying like it was They're ongoing. They're flooding the market with Holy this shit. Holy shit. It's ongoing. Anyway, so the, uh, the Secret Service set up this special task force with one goal. It's just to track these guys down, uh, which they basically succeed in doing because what I should have, should have mentioned at the start is Victor Lustig... Uh, was married to a nice young woman from Kansas City. However, his mistress was a millionaire prostitution ring runner called Billy Mae Strickland, and what? she was a brazen woman. Wow. So he, she eventually finds out, and he tells her that, uh, that he doesn't have a wife. So she finds out in 1935 that he has been married for a number of years and Classic. fucking loses it. So, tips off the feds. I thought you were going to say, chops his dick chops off. Chops his dick off. She Can't tips- choke and wank with that. <laughs> it takes his belt. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, the thing you love most. <laughs> My dick. No, your belt. No. <laughs> anyway. So, Secret Service get anonymous tip off. Uh, she points them to, to this hotel in New York. He dives into a car Big uh, at race through the streets of New York. They eventually pin him down uh, after they ram his car off the road and it flips because cars just used to do that for some reason <laughs> in, in car chases. And then from there, they basically arrest him. And it finds out, you find out that uh, earlier in the piece, his money laundering, yeah, he had sold a magic box to a sheriff who had come for him after the it, the thing started printing out just paper. Yeah. He convinced this sheriff that uh, he wasn't using the money box correctly. <laughs> Classic. And Have you tried turning it off and back <laughs> on again? <laughs> so, and pays him off in counterfeit money. Of so course he does. The sheriff is then picked up years later, just before this, with fuckloads of fake cash and arrested. Oh, no. So they put this together because the tip-off comes in. Then they've got this guy who's been telling anyone that would listen about old mate and his magic box that he said printed hundreds and doesn't. It prints paper. Uh, And they put the two and two together and go, bang, arrest him, bring him in. Uh, And so he's locked up in uh, in this detention center waiting, waiting trial. Obviously, he does what you would expect in this situation. Escapes don't, using don't. a bed sheet and don't. <laughs> and a belt, a stolen set of wire cutters. What? How do you get them in prison? How do you get wire cutters in prison? Snuck him into his prison, I assume, Long John's back then. <laughs> anyway, so they they find him a month later because what he does is he scales down the outside of the prison walls. A bunch of onlookers stop and are pointing at him. So he pretends that he's cleaning the windows. These people all fuck off. No way. So then he just escapes. Uh, one of them was a guard. What? <laughs> so it was such a dumb time, Rick. You could have gotten away with dead set murder. It was a simpler time. And I mean that in every sense of the word every simpler. Sense. So anyway, goes to trial after he gets caught um, and is pleading not guilty 
for some reason, they were holding his trial and William Watts's trial in adjacent courtrooms at the same time. Okay. Like some kind of blockbuster reality TV <laughs> special for people who wanted to catch them both simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. William Watts sells him out hard. Tenders for uh, state evidence in uh, in exchange for a lighter sentence. Yeah. So mid-trial, Victor hears that because it comes. Uh, it's run from courtroom to courtroom and he changes his plea and he's like, guilty. <laughs> so cops it. Gets 15 years. It's not that bad. On Alcatraz. Oh, that's bad. So Alcatraz, famously a shit place to go to prison. Very murdery. Super murdery, super isolated, super full of Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. Exactly. And fire and cogs. Yeah. Anyway, so a number of people who he has swindled out of cash across the years are there. Are there. Of course. A hand is never laid on him. Do you know why? Because he was stabbed from a long distance. (laughs) (laughs) He was killed with a lance. (laughs) With a javelin. Yes, Reg Spears. Yes, he's back. Anyway, no, it's because there was another inmate at Alcatraz at the same time. Al Capone. Uh, It all comes back, full circle. Anyway, so he starts feeling very ill, however, when he's at Alcatraz, uh, submits 2,000 medical complaints. No joke. Oh, my God. He just kept being like, I'm sick. And everyone was like, nah, you're the famous con man. Don't trust anything he says. He escaped from prison. (laughs) Is this going to end with, anyway, he dies of inoperable cancer. So, in 1947, from both a brain tumour and complications (laughs) from pneumonia, (laughs) after he was finally allowed to see a physician who said, this man has mere minutes to live. This is literally (laughs) the boy who cried wolf. He he was denied all medical assistance for 12 months. He submitted 2,000 complaints, and at the end of that, Finally, after he collapsed on the mess room floor, they let him see a doctor who said, say goodbye, son. You're fucking dead. <laughs> that is so <laughs> he, fucking he, hectic. He died days later. And that is the story wow. of Count Victor Lustig, the man who sold the Eiffel Tower. Mate, that is huge. How dumb were people? That is huge. A- along the way, everybody he duped was dumb. I, oh, I love the fact that it always happens with these kinds of characters. They always die from something that's just like, this man's invincible. He will live forever and then get struck down by an appropriately bad thing. <laughs> and I was like, like, wow, you know what? You deserve that. Yeah. Do you know what? The grifting was keeping him alive. Oh, the, uh, that's the, his life force. These fixer wanks were keeping him <laughs> young and virile. Can't do that in prison. No, his elixir was leather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, so, mate. so the the, uh, the final thing is that uh, the reason that he's very well known today is that he actually created, accidentally, posthumously, uh, the 10 sales commandments that people still follow. No way. Yeah, 100%. These were his 10 commandments. He wrote these down while he's in prison. Yeah. And they're the 10 commandments he said for pulling the best con, but they are in every sales manual. Which is famously a con. Absolutely. One, be a patient listener. Two, never look bored. Three, wait for the other person to reveal any political opinions, then agree with them. Four, (laughs) (laughs) 
let the mark reveal any religious <laughs> views, oh then have God. the same ones. That's so... F- oh, imagine how bad that would be. Don't you hate the blacks? Yes. <laughs> yes, sure I do. do. That was a test. You failed. <laughs> Five, never discuss illness unless some special concern is shown. Six, never pry into a person's personal circumstances. They will tell you eventually. Seven, never boast. Just let your importance be quietly obvious. <laughs> Eight, never be untidy. Nine, never get drunk. I don't think that one's been held to by salesmen since since the beginning of time. That's how sales are made. But the last one, hint at sex talk, but don't follow it up unless the other person shows strong interest. (laughs) Is Is that flirting with the mark or is that just like, or is that that classic like boys will be boys chat where it's just like, Oh yeah, went home with this bird the other night, et cetera, et cetera. I like to think that it's it's weird sex chat. It's like, <laughs> so after this is done, do you want to uh, go halves in a Cleveland steamer or <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, you know, freeze my shit, use it as a dildo. Oh, the Alaskan pipeline. Oh. No, it's the, uh, <laughs> have you, uh, I have a series of special belts. I want to show you. No, anyway, that, mate, that, <laughs> yes. that is huge, mate. Victor the Belt Victor Lustig. Victor Lustig, my God. I'm Leather pretty, Lustig. I don't know this for sure, but I think Lustig, if it's not a name, I feel like in German it means, like, lusty. It means money. Does it really? Yep, that's where the whole concept of funny money. Oh, no, it means funny. It means funny in it German. Mean, oh, I knew, it it um, is an actual word. Yeah, though. yeah. It, right. it means funny in German, and funny money comes from uh, that whole counterfeiting thing. Ah, That's why pe- right. people called it... Uh, uh, Lustig cash for fucking years. Yeah, right, 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 right. Because those hundred dollar bills were still floating around in the US circulation. Yeah, in nineteen seventy four. Oh my god! And when did he die? Uh forty seven. Jesus. Anyway, mate, that is huge. Um, so we should probably tell the people how to get in touch with us. We've already received, by the way, uh, a couple of people's requests for ads. Um, and if you want to do some ads, get in touch with us. Or if you just want to supply us with your funny stories, your poos in the news, well, not poos in the news, but if you want to supply us with your train wreck trophies, your one-star reservoirs, or your ideas for story time, story time reach out. Yep, absolutely. There's uh, a number of ways to do that. And they are as follows. They are... <laughs> They, uh, if you hit us up, Gus and Rig on Instagram, send us a message on that. Find us on Facebook. You can either search Gus and Rig or you can uh, search Shit Show. And finally, if you want to send us something a bit meatier, give us an email, shitshow.au at gmail.com. Starting to get a bit of play. Absolutely. That's it. See you next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you.